And so the book of Genesis chapter number seven, if you found it, say praise the Lord. Now look, there's about a third of our crowd here, so that means you got to speak up for three, for at least two other people, okay? All right, Genesis chapter seven, verse 11, if you found it, say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A little bit better. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. All the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights in the self same day. Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. The Bible said the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. I want to preach for a little while tonight on the subject, how to have a flood. How to have a flood. Lord, I pray, God, for your anointing on me to preach. I pray for everyone that's gathered here in your house tonight for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to be on the ear of the hearer. For everyone that's joining us via online media of some sort, I pray, God, let your anointing move mightily. In Jesus' name, let the power of your spirit be manifested and glorified. Speak to our hearts, O God, but more than speaking, I ask you to confirm your word with signs following, to do a work in this place. God, I pray that you help us to apply our heart and our spirit and our energy, God, to work with you tonight, to see your will done. God, we praise you and we worship you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now, how, how many of you have ever, how many have ever went to a restaurant and there was almost no one there? Maybe just you and a couple other people. Did you want the people that worked there to give a half effort because the place wasn't full? Or do you want them to do their best even though only one or two were there? I think that we ought to give our very best tonight. Not worry about who's not here, but let's have church because we are here. What do you say? The story of the flood is one of the most basic lessons taught in Christianity. I'm, actually, I'm teaching two or three Bible studies, and uh, I've just taught that lesson in, in a couple of my last Bible studies about the story of Noah and the flood. The overriding theme of the story that sin brings judgment is foundational to our faith and to our need for a Savior, Jesus Christ. Sin indeed brings judgment. And while that is the overriding theme in the story of Noah, that God will surely bring judgment against sin, there are other secondary yet vital themes presented in the story of Noah. We learn the importance of a father doing whatever possibly he can to save his children. As the book of Hebrews chapter 11 says that Noah moved with fear 
and built an ark to the saving of his house. 120 years Noah rolled himself out of bed with the overriding fear that if I don't get this ark done, my children might be lost. It teaches us of godly parents that do whatever they can to build an ark for their children. We learn the value of pitch within and without. The waterproofing of the ark was done on the inside and the outside. And we learn by that that our faith must be waterproofed inside and out. That God looks on the inside, but also it works on the outside. Amen. We learn the difference between two natures, the holy and the sinful nature, in the lesson of the raven and the dove. One was satisfied with the rotting flesh of the animals and people killed in the flood, while the dove found no place for the sole of her foot, the difference between two natures. And we learn that we all have two natures and that we need the dove, the spirit of God to help us know where to go and what to do and how to live and to make our way back to the ark. These lessons and others are so vital to Christian life, which is recognized by the fact that Jesus told his followers to take heed in Luke 17, 26 and 27. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Jesus bringing the stories of Noah to the New Testament and telling us that it was, will be in his coming as it was in the days of Noah. Christ himself bringing this ancient story to the forefront of our understanding that in his coming we are to learn the lessons of this powerful story. The Bible said in Genesis 6, 5 through 7, that God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. I'm not one to tell God what to think, but if he thought that was wicked back then, he's got an eye full right now. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. I will tell you that sin is not a trifling matter to God. But sin grieves God at his heart. Amen. We may be able to learn to sin and it not bother us and our conscience becomes seared. But I will tell you that when man sins, it grieves God to his very heart. There's no such thing as a little sin to God. There's no such thing as a minor sin to God. But indeed, all sins, all sins are big to God because they grieve him at his heart. The Bible said in, that in verse 7, and the Lord said, I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth, man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. God determined to destroy man for his wickedness and his sinfulness. But while God was planning his wrath, the Bible said that there was something about Noah that found grace in the eyes of God. Oh, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you right now, I don't think we take sin as serious as God does. And I don't think we take sin as serious as the Bible does. There was a day you could preach against sin and altars would flood. But now people sin and they just shrug it off as if it's nothing. But it touches the heart of God. But while God was planning his wrath against the earth, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Amen. I am reminded of how the, the prophet Habakkuk said, when he prayed to God, O Lord, in thy wrath, remember mercy. I don't think it will do us much good to say, God, don't judge this world because this world has deserved its judgment. But one thing I hope that we pray on a daily basis is, God, in your wrath, in your wrath, remember mercy. God, while you're doling out punishment on the sinner, remember mercy to those who need you and are hungry for you. The Bible said Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Oh, Lord, I hope that I can be somehow like Noah, that in this end time hour, that somehow I can find grace in the eyes of God. That while God is looking and he's pouring out his end time wrath on this world, that somehow there'll be a church, that there'll be somebody who can find grace in the eyes of God. <laughs> Amen. While God is repenting for making man, why? Why did I make man? Why did I make those sinners? Why did I do it? Why did I open my heart to the frailty and the sinful nature of man? But while God is saying, I'll destroy man off the face of the earth, somehow his eye found Noah. And when his eye found Noah, the Bible tells us that, God, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That tells me God is watching, my brothers. That tells me God is watching, my sister. That tells me God is watching what we do. Don't think we're living in secret. Don't think that God doesn't notice when we come to church. Don't think that God doesn't notice when we kneel down and pray, when we raise our hands to worship. Don't think that God doesn't notice when we open our mouth to worship and to praise him. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. May I tell you, God is watching you right now. God is watching us right now. God is looking on this earth for those to whom he can have grace. I want, to be, I want there to be something about me and my life. Whatever it was that caught the eye of God about Noah, that Noah somehow could get grace when God is planning judgment. What was it about Noah? What was it about him that made God think, I ought to give this man grace? While he's wiping out everybody else, while he's sending a flood on every other family on the face of the earth, what was it about Noah that made God think I ought to save that man, I ought to touch Noah, I ought to help him. Noah found grace. I'm going to tell you what I believe it was. The Bible said that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Amen. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Can I tell you that we need to practice and preach and teach holiness? We need to teach righteousness. Can I get an amen from somebody? 
I realize in this world where anything goes and where you do what you want to do and make your own rules, that's not a popular message. But I'm going to tell you, God's going to have a holy church. And if you want to find grace in the eyes of God, then you ought to be a a people and a church and a person that believes in righteousness. God, help me live right. God, help me live right. God, help me have high standards of conduct, morality, and ethics. Help me to live for you. Help me to live holy. I wish somebody would throw their hand up to heaven and say, God, help me to live a holy life so I can find grace in the eyes of God. (coughs) Amen. Can I tell you, modern American Christianity has perverted the idea of holiness and grace. They have made it backward. They have rejected holiness because they say grace rules. But in reality, we have holiness because grace rules. Amen. The reason we have holiness is because of grace. Because God understands that if we don't have fences around our lives, and if we don't have guidelines around the way we live, that there's no way we'll be able to stay clean from a sinful world. So God gives holiness so he can administer grace in our life. Amen. Holiness is not, is not the absolution of grace. Holiness does not get rid of grace. Holiness comes because of grace. Amen. Yes, well, those Pentecostals, they preach all this stuff. They preach all this holiness, and we don't need it. I'm going to tell you the very reason that we need it is because of the grace of God. Amen. Holiness preaching is the grace of God manifested through the pulpit to our life because Noah was a preacher of righteousness and found grace in the eyes of God. The modern American Christianity says I don't need holiness because I have grace. The true Bible Christianity says I need holiness because I've got grace. Amen. I wish somebody would say praise the Lord. Do we still have holiness preaching in 2021? Do we still want somebody to preach the word of God and tell us live holy, live right, be faithful? I'm telling you anyway, doesn't get you there. God, let us have holiness because of your grace. Well, you you don't need holiness because you've got grace. I had a young preacher I worked with in Indiana many years ago when I was was at my home church. And uh, he had moved back home to, uh, to, I think it was Minnesota or somewhere. And, uh, and, and when he got home, the church that he went to started dropping holiness standards and started, and he called me one day, he said, well, brother, he said, brother John, what do you think about the grace issue? I said, I don't think grace is an issue. I said, what, what do you mean the grace issue? He said, well, I just think that, that, that grace covers everything. I said, well, I agree with that. I said, but I don't understand the issue. And when it came down to it, what they were trying to do was get rid of all standard of living based on grace but that's not what grace does grace doesn't say look just live how you want to live and when you come to church lift your hands and jabber a little bit and everything's going to be all right grace doesn't say just go ahead and live however you want to live and it'll all be okay when we get over to heaven grace is going to cover it all we're all going to be okay that's not what grace says here's what the bible says in titus 2 11 and 12 for the grace of god that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men Thank God for that. Aren't you thankful that grace has appeared to all men? Amen. Everybody say, this is the New Testament. Amen. Look, I I feel like preaching a little while tonight. Amen. I I don't have as far to go to get home 
as some of you do. I got to go just across the road. So I'm going to try to understand that some of you have to drive a little bit. But I will tell you that this is New Testament. Anybody that tells you that holiness preaching is, uh, is law and not grace, they are out of their mind and they don't understand the Bible. Holiness is a New Testament doctrine of the church. Amen. Holiness is not bondage. Holiness is not legalism. Holiness is not law. Holiness is grace. Holiness is under grace. The New Testament said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Well, what did it do when it appeared? When, when grace appears to men, what does grace do? Teaching them that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. The function of grace is to teach us how to live right. The function of grace is to teach us where to go, what to say, what to listen, what to watch, what to wear, how to treat people. The attitude we have, I feel like preaching it right now. Holiness is an act of grace in our life. Holiness is taught to us by grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of God because he believed righteousness. So can I preach a minute more? I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm almost into my message. Genesis 7, 11, and 12, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventh day of the month, the same day, were all the fountains of the great deep broken up. And the windows of heaven were opened. And rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. For 40 days and 40 nights, one of the most elementary Sunday school stories you ever hear. I heard a preacher one time said that one of the hardest passages to preach is one that everybody's heard so many times they think you got nothing else to say on it. And that may be true. For 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible said the windows of heaven poured rain upon the earth. But the flood did not only come from above. The Bible said the fountains of the deep were broken up. Something in the earth broke up while something from heaven poured down. Something from the earth came up and something from heaven came down. It took something coming up and something coming down for the flood to happen. Mammoth Springs, Arkansas, the Spring River, comes from a karst spring that is the exit point for millions of gallons of underground water. They tell me that Mammoth Spring has an outflow of 9.78 million gallons of water per hour coming out from the ground. In Turkey, the Dumanli Spring gives a staggering 34 million gallons of water per hour. In all, and I'm, the reason I'm, I'm bringing the country of Turkey into it is because that's where many, where the mountains of Ararat are, where the ark settled. So that, that's, uh, that's relative from a locational standpoint. In all of Turkey's Karst Springs alone, over 192 million gallons of water just from that one country in the earth flow out through their springs and wells. When you think about all the waters under the earth and the fountains of the deep being opened up and the water coming up out of the ground while the rain falls from the sky, what caused the flood to happen was an outpouring from above 
and a breaking forth from below. It was not just the rain that caused the flood. Y'all with me? It was not just the rain that caused the great flood. Forty days and forty nights of rain coming down. But before the rain came down, the Bible said the fountains of the deep broke forth. May I tell you tonight that I have a specific thing that has been on my mind. I've been working on this message for about six weeks now. And I didn't know if today was the time to preach it, but it's as good a time as any. But what caused the flood on the earth was an outpouring from above and a breaking forth from below. May I tell you that the flood of an end time revival that I believe we're going to see and are seeing the, the precursors of now as a mighty outpouring of the Spirit from above. It will be an outpouring of the rain of the Holy Ghost from heaven. It will be the Spirit and the presence of God permeating the atmosphere as God's people worship Him and praise Him. Amen. As people call on His name, the windows of heaven will open and God will rain the Holy Ghost from above. Oh, I'm prophesying it to you right now. That though all the things, I'm going to tell you when the heaven opened the first time was when sin was great upon the earth. But God said, I'm not going to destroy man like that again. I'm going to tell you the next flood that's going to come from heaven is going to be a flood of the Holy Ghost that's going to be poured out in this last day before the coming of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Oh, I wish somebody would believe what I'm preaching right now. I'm telling you, God is going to open heaven and pour out a blessing. I'm watching it on a regular basis. Every time we come to the house of God, there's miracles happening. There's people being delivered. There's healing. We've had, we've had miracles just this very week. We've had a miracle in this church that somebody needed God to touch something, and God moved in just a moment. The week before, we had a miracle in this church, a miracle of healing. And the week before that, we had a miracle of healing. Every time we've come together, for the last several weeks. Every week we've had people baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm saying, God, open heaven and rain. Our life groups are having a move of the Holy Ghost. Our youth class is having a move of the Holy Ghost. God, open heaven and pour, pour down the rain. I wish somebody lift their face to heaven and lift their hand and say, God, rain on me. I wish somebody sitting at home watching would say, God, let the rain of the Holy Ghost, God, open heaven. The Bible said the windows of heaven were open and rain fell on the earth. I wonder if you could pray right now, God, send the rain. Like Elijah of old that needed the rain to fall to end the famine in the land, he said, God, send the rain, and God sent a cloud like a man's hand, but before it was over, the rain was flooding the streets. God send the rain. <clears throat> I went to the country of Oman several years ago to visit Brother Hunley. And uh, while I was there, they, they get about two rains a year. It's one of the hottest, driest places in the world. And I flew in, and uh, I was there for three days. It rained every day I was there. They're not prepared they're not prepared for rain. The streets flooded. The kids were swimming in the street like it was a giant swimming pool. They were having so much fun. They called me the rainmaker. One, one guy said, you've got to leave because it's got to quit raining. Amen. I wish I was the rainmaker, but I know who the rainmaker is. God, we need you to pour your spirit out. 
God, pour your spirit on our families. God, pour your spirit on our friends. God, pour your spirit on our neighbors. God, pour, pour your spirit on our children. God, pour your spirit on our young folks. God, pour your spirit on our elders. God, pour your spirit out in this place. God, open heaven. Open heaven and pour out the Holy Ghost. But you listen to me, that you can never really have a flood of biblical proportions if all you have is rain from heaven. At some point, the fountains of the deep have to break forth, and so the rains fall down, but something deep within the earth begins to come out. And may I tell you that this is a time of prophetic fulfillment in the world. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Amen. And I will tell you that I'm praying that God would send a spiritual Holy Ghost flood to the proportion of the flood of Noah, that it would flood our streets and our cities and our communities, that it would wash over our nations and our homes and our neighborhoods. Oh God, I pray that the Holy Ghost revival fall in Potts Camp and Marshall County and all the surrounding area. God, let the Holy Ghost flow out of this church. God, let the water from heaven come out of this church. God, let the water from heaven come out of this assembly. God, let there be rain that comes from, a, from above. But God, let us pour ourselves out into this revival. Let the depth of our spirit be broken open, God, so we can see a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible said, deep calleth unto deep. There is a call from God upon the church today. I'm preaching to this assembly tonight. I'm preaching to Bethlehem Church tonight, and I'm telling my brothers and sisters in faith to join with me in prayer for a great in time Holy Ghost flood. I'm asking you to give all you can in your effort, in your prayer, in your worship, in fasting, in outreach, in witnessing, in working, in reaching, because we've got a job to do. The time is running out, and there's no point praying for rain from heaven if we're not going to open the depth of our spirit and say, God, let that revival Come through me, Lord. God, let the depth of my spirit. You see, it takes water from the depth and water from above. And the only way it can come from here is if I pour it out. Forgive me. Now, listen, I'm, I'm trying to not be too presumptuous. I don't want to sound presumptuous. I don't want to sound self-indulgent as a church. But the fact is that God has chosen this church for this generation and this area to be a beacon of hope, a light in the darkness, a city set on a hill. We're a source for rain from heaven and a flood for the earth. This church is a lighthouse sent in the middle of a wilderness to show people the way to heaven. This is a revival center. You hear what I'm preaching right now. I'm not preaching down to any other church. I'm not paid to pastor their church, but I'm preaching to Bethlehem. This is a city. This is a light. This is a place. This is the gate of heaven. God has put us here for such a time as this. This is a revival center. God, send a flood. God, send a flood. God, send a flood, but don't just send rain from heaven, but I'm going to let something deep in my spirit open up, God, so you can do something right here first. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. There will be a flood of the Holy Ghost. It's going to wash over everyone that's hungry. Psalms 42 and 7, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and billows are gone over me. There's an invitation. There's an invitation going out in the spirit right now. There's an invitation going out in the spirit right now. 
for all who are hungry for revival. The invitation to be part of this great flood. The call is for us to break up the deep places of our spirit and allow God's water to flow through us. God, flow through me in prayer. God, flow through me in fasting and in worship. That God would open the fountains of the deep within us tonight by prayer, by outreach, by testifying of his power, by the hand of God, breaking open the fountains of the deep within our soul. That by obedience to his great commission, by teaching Bible studies, witnessing, fasting, we're breaking open the fountains of the deep. By giving, sowing into missions, getting involved, we're opening the fountains of the deep. We can do great things for God, but not if all we do is wait for rain from heaven. If all we do is wait for rain from heaven, we'll have half a flood, but we'll never really see the great potential that God is wanting to pour out in this place. But for us to have the magnitude of revival that God wants us to have, it certainly takes rain from heaven. God is the giver of the Holy Ghost. He's the miracle worker. He's the healer. He's the helper. He's the only one that can change lives. But make no mistake about it. There take, it takes a, a mammoth effort on the part of the church to say, God, use me. God, I'll pray until the rain falls. God, I'll pray until you move. God, I'll witness to people. I'll tell people. I'll bring people. God, if people count them out, I'll count them in. If people write them off, I'll write them on. God, if people give up, I won't give in. God, I'm going to be your worker for you. I'm going to let something break in my spirit. Amen. Praise God. Can I tell you what I've been praying? Now, now don't take this wrong. Please don't take this wrong. <coughs> but I, I think we have one of the greatest youth groups we've ever had. Amen. I watch these kids pray. They're here all day. My, my office on Sunday afternoons is like, a, is like a revolving door. They're in and out. They want to work for God. They want questions. They want to do something for God. They're here. If you're here on Sunday afternoons, you'll hear music being played. They'll be beating the drums and all kinds of stuff. They're here all the time. They're here every chance they get, every night of the week they can. They love God. They want to live for God, and they want to work for God. You know what I've been praying over this youth group? I don't want them to just to be professional Pentecostal church kids that know when to clap and when to stand and when to sit. I'm praying God put a desire inside of them to be difference makers for the kingdom of God. Not just Pentecostal kids because they go to a Pentecostal church, but world changers. I'm going to tell you, young folks, you got to let the Holy Ghost break something deep inside of you that says, God, I'm going to give my everything to this kingdom. I'm going to give my everything to your work. I'm giving everything I have to you. There's nothing going to be. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to ask God because I want to be part of the great flood. How to have a flood? You got to pray for rain, but you got to break open yourself. Stand with me. I'm closing. The most important facet that we have as a church is winning lost people. The goal of the Great Commission to bring sinners in save them and turn them into workers in the kingdom of God to reach someone else. That is the function of the church. 
Church is not a country club for the people already in it. Church is not entertainment for those who have already been born again. The church is the place of work for those of us who have been privileged to be brought out of darkness. And freely we have received, so now freely we give of ourselves. How to have a flood? You got to have rain. Can you lift your hands to heaven? And can you pray, God, send the rain of the Holy Ghost? Amen. I'm excited about Brother Garnett coming next weekend, next Wednesday. I believe we're going to have a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I believe, I believe, weather permitting, you can fill this place up with people that need God. Those of you watching at home, if you're anywhere close, you ought to be here next week. It's going to be awesome. Bring people with you. There's going to be miracles happen. God's going to do great things in this place. Amen. But can you lift your hands to heaven and can you say, God, we need you to send the rain. Come on, can you do it? Can you do it? Can I hear your voice? Can I hear your voice asking God, send the rain. God, send the rain of the Holy Ghost. Open heaven and pour out your spirit. Open heaven, oh God, and pour out the Holy Ghost, Lord. In Jesus' name, pour out your spirit, God. And God, while I'm praying for you to, to pour rain from heaven, I'm asking you, God, to break up the things in my spirit so that I can be a part of this great flood. Because, God, the flood came from water coming down and, and the breaking forth going up. And so, God, I want my spirit to be broken and open before you. God, I want my life to be moldable and usable for your kingdom's sake. Oh, come on, can you pray? Can you reach over and pray for somebody close to you? Can you say, can you say, God, help us to have a flood? Help us, Lord Jesus, to have a flood. Help us, God. Help me to learn how to break my own heart so I can pray and intercede and seek God for souls, for the addict, for the lost, for the sinner, for those bound in false religion and false doctrine, for those who are miserable and depressed and discouraged and anxious, for those who dwell in darkness that need to see the light of the Spirit of God. Oh God, help there to be a breaking forth of myself. God, that it's not all about me and what I consume in the house of God, but it's about me being open to you, oh God. How to have a flood, we need a breaking forth from below and an outpouring from above. God, send the rain on our drug rehabs. God, send the rain on our cities and communities. God, send the rain in our jails and prisons. God, send the rain in our homes. God, send the rain in this community of people that are hungry for more. God, send the rain in people, God. Send the rain to people that are starving for a touch from heaven, whose marriages are broken, whose hearts are broken, who have been abused and hurt. God, I pray, open heaven and come down. Send a rain, oh God, in our cities, in our schools, in our high schools and colleges and elementary schools. Oh God, send a rain of the Holy Ghost on the backsliders' homes. God, send the rain of the Holy Ghost on the backsliders' homes. In Jesus' name, oh God, open heaven. But God, I'm opening myself. And I'm not just going to wait for rain from heaven, but God, I'm going to let something break forth out of me right now. I want you to lay your hand on yourself, and I want you to say, God, help me, Lord. 
God, help me, Lord Jesus. Let something break out of me. Help me not to be the same. Come on, can you pray with me? God, help me not to be the same. Help me to be activated for the kingdom's sake. Let there be a breaking forth in my spirit, Lord. Because if we're going to have a flood, it takes rain from heaven, but a breaking forth from below. God, pour it out in Jesus' name. God, pour it out in this place. That's right, pray one for another. Let's let the Holy Ghost work here. Maybe God's laying a soul on your, on your heart, somebody on your mind, and you want to intercede for them, believe God to move. Amen. That's what we got to do. We got to be willing to be broken open for a move of the Spirit and of outpouring of revival. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray right now for the rain. Hallelujah. God, send the rain on us. Send the rain on us, God. Let it rain. Rend the heavens and come down on us, oh God. Pour out your spirit on us afresh, God. Pour it out afresh on us. Pour out fresh anointing, oh God. we got to have your anointing. we got to have your spirit. Let rivers of living water flow in this place, God. Let rivers of living water flow in every home right now, oh God. I pray it in Jesus' name that rivers of life, rivers of living water would flow, rivers of peace, rivers of hope, rivers of joy, rivers of healing, oh God, rivers of restoration and renewal. Let it flow, God. Let it flood into everybody's homes right now, into everybody's lives right now. Let it flood, God. Let it flood us. Let it flood us. Open up the heavens. Break up the the fallow ground. Break up the places that need to be broken up so that the flood can come, oh God. Let it flow right now. Let it flow right now, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain, God. Let it rain.
Can we make that our prayer right now? If you can sing, why don't you sing it to him right now? If you want the rain, pray it right now. Sing it right now from the bottom of your heart. serious about this and there's a flood coming there's a flood coming but we got to be ready for it we got to pray for it we got to be prepared for it hallelujah you believe the flood's gonna come you ready for the rain who's gonna be praying who's gonna be seeking god's face lord we need the rain jesus we need the rain jesus we need a flood to come to this place hallelujah we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Why don't we pray one more time as we're dismissing. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for speaking to us tonight. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that the word of the Lord would be sown in the good ground. That, the, that you would break up the fallow ground, oh God. And I pray that the word would be sown in the good ground. That it would bring forth much fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold, God. Let it not be sown in the by the wayside or on thorny ground or stony ground, but let it be sown into good ground and bring forth much fruit, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that word would grow in us and help us to grow, oh God. Help us to become what you want us to be. Help us to be ready for the flood, seeking for the flood, seeking for the rain every single day. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, God. And I pray for everybody on their way homes tonight, God. Keep them protected. Keep them safe. I pray it in Jesus' name. Keep your angels surrounding them and protecting them as they make their way home. We thank you for it. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Let's clap our hands into God one more time and, and give him a shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, you may be dismissed in the name of Jesus.